punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Greetings, welcome. Nesson Bruins podcast from Nesson.com's Mike Colt, joined, as always, by Nesson.com's Logan Mullen. Logan, how are you? I'm fine, Mike. Greetings. Salutations as well uh, to you and yours. Um, we're here to talk about the Bruins, as always. Uh, a lot to get into this week, uh, as the Bruins have returned to work. Uh, this thing is, is a go. Uh, it is started, a runaway train. They started Monday, July 13th, uh, back at Warrior Ice Arena. Uh, and really, I think... As it stands right now, we are uh, almost a full go uh, with the roster. I think just about everybody is in place. Uh, Everybody's been to Warrior. Did uh, So I've been a little busy today. Today is Wednesday, correct? Today's today Wednesday. is Wednesday, so July 15th. Andre Kasha show up? Andre Kasha did show up. Bruce okay. Cassidy thought he was going to be there at 9.30. He was nowhere to be found at 9.30. And then he was spotted uh, skating afterwards with Trent Frederick. So, it, yeah, and this is my thing with – and we'll get into this a little bit more, but uh, the fact that everybody's there is a sign that everybody is clear at, as of the moment yeah. with, uh, for coronavirus. So, I don't know. It feels like anecdotally the local sports teams – well, I, I guess the Red Sox are, are without their best pitcher. But I don't, knock on wood, knock on all the wood in the world, it seems like this is going pretty well so far. Uh, it, it's okay, yeah. Like, in baseball, the Red Sox have certainly fared a lot better than teams across the, the league. Haven't heard anything out of Celtics. And I think – I guess we could start here with the Bruins. This has gone fairly smooth. Granted, it's only been three days, but hard to complain about anything so far. Yeah, but especially with the frequency with which they're getting tested. Like, I, you know, if there are any initial snafus, we probably would have known about it by now. Um, and And – you know, from the beginning, it seemed like the delay in getting David Pasternak and Andre Kasha back was purely related to just the timing that they got back into the country and nothing with, you know, their test results or anything physical or otherwise. So, yeah, by and large, like, you know, you don't want to walk under too many ladders right now, but it looks like it's going okay enough. Yeah, and I think with, with baseball and hockey or excuse me basketball and hockey the biggest thing is getting to the bubble and going from there and obviously when you get to the bubble it becomes a lot more precarious where it's like it's going to be much easier to spread it from teammate to teammate if you're all in the you know if one of them gets it you're probably going to have a handful of guys get it because you know I mean I I guess it works both ways but it probably is going to happen quicker (laughs) in the bubble so you know let's cross that bridge when we get there but the NHL did announce uh, the they announced this Monday as phase three. We're in the phase three. So when phase three began, right. they announced their testing numbers for phase two. Uh, 30 players tested positive over the course of uh, phase two. Uh, additionally, 13 other players tested positive outside the NHL's testing. Uh, let's see here. Over 600 players reported. Uh, there's almost 5,000 tests administered. Uh, so the testing – Seems to be pretty thorough so far, obviously. Yeah. And I think, again, you have to couch everything you say and, and say it with the the, you know, the proper disclaimers. But those numbers are – like, they've committed to trying to make this happen. So we all have to assume 
that and we might not agree with this from a moral standpoint, but there is a manageable amount of numbers. Like if you're going to make this yeah. happen, you're going to have positive tests, but there can only be a, a certain amount or whatever. And they haven't said that number, but there is such thing as a manageable number. And that's all within this very strong qualifier, but it seems like it's been manageable so far. Yeah. And the percentage you know, is very low. Right. Probably. So that, there's probably people smarter than me, maybe some people not as smart as me that are going to disagree with this. But I think the way I've kind of talked myself into being okay with this is if you look at, you know, hockey right now, like the, the group of players and staff and the people reporting as like a microcosm of society. And yeah. if, you know, any, any state, or region in the country that was returning positive tests at the rate the NHL is, yep. they'd be doing cartwheels right now. They'd be um, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, Massachusetts. And so I think that you have to look at it through that lens. You don't want anyone getting sick, but like if they are committed to doing this, right or wrong, like that's exactly. you have to look at it for what it is. Like you have to kind of put it into a vacuum. Um, and and for that reason, I think that you know looking at the test rates, it's acceptable. I don't know if that's a good enough word, but like it's adequate. Yeah. Um, and, and for the purpose of getting it done, basically, and again, this is going to sound short-sighted, but like you're just trying to prevent outbreaks. It's like everyone yeah. knows there are going to be positive tests. You're trying to prevent outbreaks. So far, there haven't been any. Like the closest thing we saw was what, what happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning probably a month ago at this yep. point. Which um, – and, th and that got a little dicey, but it didn't spread anymore. Exactly. They, so, it, it was proof that this might be able to work under the, the given parameters. Like, Yeah. And, and I do think, and we've said this countless times, they look like geniuses right now for doing it in Canada. Yep. And I do think once you get the players there, and I mean, they're locking stuff down too. So I think if you get players there and people actually, you know, fit in within – what the league is trying to set in terms of having like the safe zone and whatnot, it could go off well enough. I'm still. <laughs> I, right. I, I am. I am cautiously optimistic, which I wonder not to, sorry to interrupt you, but like, I no, wonder, I'm, I'm starting to reckon with this. Like, is that going to be, is that still going to be there in like the Eastern conference semifinals? Like, am I going to be sitting there Even, waiting you know, for that shoe to drop? It, it might be, but at the same time, I think what you might see, and I could be wrong, like, if a team's in the Eastern Conference Finals, you think, it, or like, you know, the Stanley Cup Final, even as the, basically my point is, as the playoffs go on, I don't think you're going to see, I think you will see an added level of guys sure. not going anywhere because yeah, they true. don't want to run the risk of it. I, I think there might be more temptations where, you know, you have all these guys in the same spot, you know, it's really not that big of a league, right? Like these guys know each other. So like, you're going to have guys probably, probably like mingling with teammates and friends and what have you. But once you're down to, you know, two teams in your hub or four teams in your hub or however many, like, and you're as far along in the playoffs as you are, like, I think the incentive for guys to leave at all will be so incredibly outweighed by the possibility of getting it, even on an off chance. I'm just extremely curious as to to see how I'm going to react to having hockey in August with the cloud of this thing could fall apart really at any moment. Like that's some like a weird thing I haven't really 
it's just, I don't know. Like this is, I put out a Twitter poll the other day asking people like what they felt this is going to feel like. And it was like, is it, you know, a resumption of the season, a new season, a gimmick, or just something that's a terrible idea. And the votes are pretty split. Uh, gimmick was the top thing. And I kind of get where they're coming from. The one thing it doesn't feel like is a resumption of the season. And maybe that'll change. And then to do that all was, like I said, like just the looming, you know, prospect of this entire thing falling apart. It's weird. But then again, I was just looking at the schedule before we came on here. Like the Penguins and uh, the Canadiens, basically hockey night in Canada, weekend yeah. number one. Maybe it's just like, this is great. Hockey's back. Well, it's so normal. Right. I think a lot of those people are going to turn once you realize you can watch 14 hours a day of hockey for nine straight days. Like my happy think- do you think it matters, though, if it's going to be, like – maybe I'm playing way too much into the, the scenario, but, like, if it's, like, 100 degrees and you just – you're doing summery things and it – do you have any is anything Is anything normal right no, now? No, I guess know? not. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I might be an exception, but my happy ass will be on the couch watching, you know, freaking yeah. Blue Jackets, whoever. Um, like – Blue Jackets Islanders or Blue Jackets Leafs. There you go. I wanted to get sure. that right. Um, but yeah, it's just I know that people are skeptical, but I and I can understand why people would look at it as a gimmick. I think what's going to end up happening is once they actually like get into things, it will start to feel more normal. And that's not to say the cloud of you know a breakout or an outbreak starting is not going to be there, but I think people will be entrenched enough in what's happening to be like, well, this feels kind of normal. Like, okay, it's going to be weird not having people in the seats. It's going to be weird with the artificial crowd noise. But, like, you know, what can you do about it? I hope you're right. The, aside from keeping everything safe and keeping this together, that's my biggest hope is that it, it feels normal. And I, I don't know. The crowd thing doesn't bother me as much. I don't know. Maybe it will because when the team score, I don't know. So much stuff. We can get into this a little bit at a later date. Uh, before we get into Bruins-centric stuff, what's your uh, – you had about a 10 this week? In terms I'm of still at a 9. I'm hanging at a 9. Because yeah, I'm, 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 with you, I'm with you in that, like, I won't truly believe that it goes off perfectly until someone's holding the Stanley Cup. Yeah, um, right. Like, I will forever be at a 9 that they pull this off. And the irony um, That said, I'm as confident as I've ever been that they will find a way. And it's going to be crazy, too, because we're going to get to that point where somebody's holding up the cup, and, like, the next conversation is going to be, there's no way they get a season in this. <laughs> you know I mean? Right, like, yeah. There's always going to be that concern over. Yeah. Um, we'll have, like, a week of, like, free agency in the draft, and then we'll be like, all right, now we all agree this is never happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Basically, it's the same thing as all the NFL talk we've done for the last three months where it's like, this is probably completely ignoring the fact that yeah, it's definitely not happening. Tom Brady never plays a game with the the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I'm at like an eight or a nine, whatever I was last week. I'm holding steady there. Uh, probably, I, like I said, I'm always gonna be a little bit lower than you because I think I'm naturally more pessimistic. And I do. I'm just afraid. It just takes one outbreak to derail this entire thing. But I mean, this train is it's it's moving. It's, it's, it's rolling. Yeah, it's going downhill right now. So. And I mean that in a good way. Like, there's the, a lot of momentum, a lot of inertia going on right now. Oh, so, yeah, look at you. Uh, objects that uh, are in motion stay in motion unless there's a, a COVID outbreak. So, all right, let's talk about the Bruins. Bruins opened up camp, or not camp, excuse me. What is it? What is Bruce? No, Cassidy? it's training camp. 
I thought well, he, he wanted he to calls call it like return to play. Right. Yeah. So he doesn't want to call yeah. it a training camp. Doesn't want to call it yeah, a training I mean, camp. He was. Which I think is a very interesting. I would love to talk to Bruce Cassidy about. Maybe I'm going to ask him one of these one of these days. Is like how has he had to change his coaching philosophy and how he approaches things because it is a just unprecedented type of thing. And I think there is a very. I think there's a strong, there's a big reason why he's not calling this a training camp. And it's like a mental thing where it's yeah, not I, getting ready for something new. We're resuming something we've already started and we were kicking ass before we had to stop. Yeah. He kind of like admitted as much when he was talking about that. What was it Monday that he was like a training camp. Things are a little bit more methodical. Like right. there are more things you're feeling out. Um, but yeah, this is like, they've got to get up and go. And by all accounts, it seems like they have. Like, it seems like it's yep. been a productive couple days of practice, which I would think would inspire some confidence in the fact that, like, it sounds like everybody rolled up in good enough shape. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know. And Cassie what, would have been somebody who said that, too, if somebody didn't. I mean, he's a pretty straight yeah. shooter. Yeah, well, he said, like, a month ago that there was a possibility that, you know, some guys, you know, would take a little bit longer to get ramped up. Um, and, you know, you can read between the lines all you want as to who that is. Uh, or might have been, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody's in the same position where it's basically all, all of this is going, a team that has success in all of this is going to be determined on who can, determined by who can turn it on the quickest. Um, because like that, that will literally create some weird matchups in the postseason early on because if there's a team that is a higher seed you know a five six seed and they can't get it together early on like then stuff will get blown up you know like that's so I think it is promising most certainly from a Bruins perspective that they have you know maybe seem to kind of put things together early on but until you start playing live games nobody really knows where you're at right What's the biggest storyline for you so far through three days? Well, at first I thought it was Pasternak and sure. Kasha not showing up, but it sounds like they're there, so it sounds like it's fine. In which case I'd probably say it's the Anders Bjork like coming back and taking the world by storm thing because I think he is a massive difference maker if you have him available and playing well and playing the way he's capable of. Having that as an option for your – third line is or even your second line is probably a uh, a big deal for the Bruins they got a whole buttload of depth right now if we're they sure do yeah. if we're to believe what Bruce Cassidy is is selling us and again I think he's a pretty straight shooter so I don't think he's the kind of guy who needs to you know blow smoke during his press conferences or his zoom yeah. conferences or whatever you want to call it um so yeah I think it sounds like everybody's healthy, you know, cause you go back to March. I, I guess that's where one of the benefits for this comes in is like, you go back to March, a couple of guys dinged up, obviously more had his shoulder thing, but Cassie pretty much gave everybody a clean bill of health unless I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah. I think everyone's fine right now. Yeah. Which I is mean, Krug and Carlo. I know Carlo was dealing with a concussion. They never, I don't think they ever confirmed that was the case right. for Krug, but like they were both out leading up to, the pause um yeah John Moore was taking a little bit to get right I mean Clifton was taking a little bit to get right too he had a yep. concussion I believe uh, granted everybody's in the same boat but like that is the benefit of taking three months off is or whatever it was four months off is that you come back healthy 
you know, yeah. like that is ob- the obvious benefit of it. I mean, it, you know, balancing rust and healthiness is going to be the, the biggest thing for everybody across the board here. Um, but for a veteran team like the Bruins, I think that's one of the benefits of having that time off is that you come back in healthy and it, being a team that had a few injuries, nothing catastrophic, like, you know, obviously it's going to benefit a team like Tampa with Stamkos more than it's going to benefit the Bruins, but it's, uh, it's something to consider. Um, what else is I, I've, I've already lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, no, I think the Bjork thing is, is huge. I think, again, he's a guy at, in spurts has looked very good, uh, very encouraging, um, but you got to see it for an extended period of time. Uh, but again, if he's anywhere near his ceiling, which it sounds like he, he has been in, again, the first two or three practices after a pandemic paused the entire world. Uh, I guess that's a little bit of a, a different situation than, than we're used to seeing. So who knows exactly what we can take from that. But you look at a guy like him, you look at a guy like Lausanne. Uh, Lausanne is, you know, is playing well before, he, before the break. And now it sounds like, according to Cassidy, Lausanne's going to get a chance. Like he, I, I think he, yeah. he, if they were playing tonight, he'd be in the lineup, I think. Yeah, I took what Cassidy said today as the third-pairing defenseman job basically being Jeremy Lozon's to lose. Yeah. Now, I think he'll have a pretty short leash, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. But the other thing, too, is like he could find himself in a situation where you know sometimes you'll see a guy play well, at the be- at the end of a season, and then they'll have three or four months off for the off season, and it takes them a while to get going out of the gate. I mean, a, a recent example is probably Carson Kuhlman, right? Like he ended up having the injury, but the first eight games or whatever he played, it took him a little bit to get going. So, you know, what happens if Jeremy Lozon it just doesn't look as good during games? I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen, but they are loaded with depth. That's where it helps. Right. So you have guys like John Moore and Connor Clifton hanging around. Like, I know John Moore doesn't really like playing on the right side that much. Like, he can do it. You know, Connor Clifton is a a natural righty. Um, So the fact that, I mean, between Clifton, Moore, and then if you even want to go to the forwards, like, Kuhlman, the Bruins could be healthy scratching three guys that were playing in the cup final last year. Yeah. Um, And, and again, you, you can go around and around talking about all the depth that they have, but... I do think Lozon deserves to get a chance to hold on to that spot because while at first he might have gotten that opportunity by virtue of the absences and the way that, you know, John Moore, again, was taking a little bit to get going, like that paved the way for Lozon to get a chance to like him play his way out of the lineup down the stretch. So like that should be his job to lose. Lozon and Grizzlick is like, as your third pairing D. Yeah. Like if they're both playing – up to their potential or whatever, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and Lozon compliments Grizzly really well. Yeah. One thing Cassidy's always gone on and on about is how Lozon's really good at putting out fires. And so it's pretty good when you have a guy like Grizzly, who's a solid enough puck mover who will pinch a little bit. And, you know, if a team, if the opposition gets a breakout or something, like Lozon's a pretty good skater for a guy his size, and he can get all over the ice. And we've seen him before come out of nowhere and catch up to guys and close off plays um, in a way that John Moore couldn't necessarily do. And then also Clifton can just be a borderline <laughs> reckless player sometimes, and he'll, he'll go up as frequently as Grizzly does. So sometimes that's just a little – 
too much. Um, and so it makes it a, a bit of a problem and they leave themselves exposed in the back end. So that's, you know, Lozon kind of has the nice complementary skill set for what Grizzlick brings in, in the same way that Kevin Miller did, right? Like that's why Kevin Miller and uh, Matt Grizzlick worked out so well. I was going to say like Lozon's almost like a, it's like a refined Clifton. Like yeah. there's, you know what I mean? It's, you know, maybe the, maybe the ceiling isn't as high, but you know, it's going to be defendable. And I think it just complements Grizzlick a little bit better too. Cause you know, it's just that, that toughness, that the grit, uh, I think Cassidy called it abrasiveness, which is a yeah. one on me. Uh, just it, it, yeah, it fits. Like that's a, those are three very balanced D pairings uh, with guys that play well off of each other. So I think that's, that's potentially huge. At least they have the options. And so that my, my biggest takeaway through the first few days or, or, you know, as looking ahead or whatever you want to call it, like I am more convinced now than ever, the Bruins are not putting a huge emphasis on the round Robin games. Maybe yeah. That's, maybe that's an obvious statement, but like Cassidy has mentioned like tinkering with the lineup in those games. Like I know the league made those games with the idea of trying to at least prop up competitiveness and make it look like it was competitive. But I think those are going to be exhibitions for most of the teams, at least for the Bruins. Cause I think it's, it's a good chance for them to rotate everybody in. It's a good chance for them to, to protect some of their veteran guys uh, and kind of see what they have at game level heading into the actual playoffs. See, now I could be wrong. I don't think we're going to see a lot of guys playing that we won't once the postseason starts. Well, like, like, what does that, that include then? So, like, I think you'll see, you know, you'll probably see, like, Anton Bleed play. You'll probably see, say, Bjork works out and he's on the third line and Corrali goes back to the fourth line and Lindholm is, is the extra forward. Like, I think you'll still see Lindholm. I don't think they're going to go as far as like Paul Carey, Trent. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. No, I was Uh, saying like of the guys that we've talked about so far, like Clifton will get in there for a game, you know. More probably will. Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, Yeah, I misunderstood that then. But, I, yeah, I think if you're a team like the Bruins, if you're – I'll put it this way. If you're a team in the round robin tournament, if you're one of the four best teams in your conference, you should probably be confident that you can beat anybody. So why not use the right. round robin and, as an opportunity to kind of test and see what you have um, instead of taking it that seriously? Because if you're the Bruins, okay, you can be the first seed and end up playing Toronto or right. you know like, Montreal or Florida or someone like that. But at the end of the day, should that it shouldn't matter to you whether you're playing the Florida Panthers in the first round or if you become the four seed and play the Pittsburgh Penguins, like that should not matter to you. I understand like the purpose of having more advantageous matchups, but if I'm a coach, I'd probably rather see what I have for get from guys in a game situation that haven't played in four and a half months. than you know, go nuts, you know, giving Zidane Ochara 24 minutes of ice time just so I can beat the flyers. Yeah. Like what happens if you overthink the entire thing and all of a sudden like seeds nine through 12 all knock off, you know, the better, quote unquote better teams and it's like this thing is just a complete zoo right you went crazy just so you could play the islanders right yeah yeah i mean it's just it's not worth losing sleep over that or trying to arrange yourself or going balls to the wall at the risk of screwing yourself over especially for a team like the bruins who i don't want to call it borrowed time or i don't want to say they're you know 
overachieving or whatever, but like, man, you got another chance at this thing. Like just keep everybody healthy and just don't yeah. do anything stupid and just trust that you're good enough to beat every, anybody. Like you kind of like what you're saying, like just, just yeah. who's ever in front of you, beat them once you get to the playoffs. And I don't know. I, I do think there are guys that would be resistant to be getting rested basically, especially when they haven't played for so long. Like, I don't think Chara would be totally amenable to it. I have a hard time believing sure. Bergeron would be. However, what Cassie does have control of is ice time. So yeah. I would not be surprised if we see Chara playing all three games. But whereas he's playing 14 minutes, all of a sudden you have Clifton getting worked in for like 21 minutes. Um, so I could sooner see that happening than veterans getting outright rested. Yeah, it's weird. Like I'm – Rest is a very relative term, too. Yeah, right. Resting probably isn't the right word. It's only three word, games, but, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. No, the the exception would be is if they win the first two games or, like, they know that they're either going to finish, like, two or three seasons. Or if they lose the first two games. Or if they lose the first two games. Yeah, sure. In that case, you know, put Paul Carey centering their first line. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I really don't think it. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but I don't think they're going to live and die with the results of that. Like, I think if anything, it's going to be a litmus test. If they acted like it didn't matter, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, I know that they would get killed on the radio or on TV or in the in the papers if they kind of half-assed their way through those first three games and then got bounced and you'll get, you know, they weren't ready to go or whatever. But I just think it's a, a better uh, long-term play to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, because no one would outright admit that they're dogging it, but what happens if the Bruins are the only team that dog, dogs it? Like, that's not a good terminology, but, like, maybe doesn't take it as seriously as the other teams. And in a sense, like, there'll probably be a nice F you to the other teams. Like, we don't care who we play. Like, yeah. we, we're just trying to get out of this healthy. Um, so, no, there's a number of different ways you can look at it, but I don't think a single player on the Bruins is going to be too up or down based on the results of that. Because if you get the top seed, it's like, okay, it's just validation, again, that they were the best team in the conference, you know, all season. If you finish middle of the pack, it's like, okay, whatever. If you finish at the bottom, it's like, well, you know, maybe nobody's hurt. And it was a a setup that kind of hosed us in the first place. So, you know, maybe that's how they look at it. I don't know. Yeah, makes sense. You got anything else? No, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, yeah. So we'll be back next week uh, for a, a little more preview. I mean, we're Bruins. Uh, we'll probably exhibition. have more stories to unpack. Sure. Yeah. Uh, exhibition game, July 30th against Columbus, which will be a, that's just an interesting thing. And then uh, August 2nd, 5th, and 8th against Philly, Tampa, and Washington. That's the playing round. So, or uh, the round robin round. So we're, you know, what is that, two weeks away? Two weeks away. Two weeks, yeah. We should quickly touch on Bruce Cassidy being up for the Jack Adams. Oh, yeah. I hear you have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I think he deserves to be a finalist. I don't think he should win. I think John Tortorella should win. Sure, uh, yeah. But I, I think he – yeah, he's a final. He's the coach of the best team. You get to be a finalist. There we go. Moving. Yeah, I, I think by virtue, guys should get that. John Cooper deserved it last year. Yep. You know, like, whatever. Cool. All right. Uh, we'll do this again next week. With the, uh, sure. I'll be here. Okay, cool. Uh, that's Logan. I'm Mike. Uh, this has been the Nesson Bruins Podcast. We will see you again next week. Goodbye.